There's no need to wait, geeks. We are back. This is the Active Geek Podcast with your hosts, Jim and Chuck. And uh, today, it seems to be the opposite of what we talked about last week. Last week was a, a very heavy DC episode where we talked about Batwoman and we talked about the Snyder Cut and <laughs> all of the best and worst, well, the best and worst superhero of DC. Uh, still no hate mail, so I'm glad about that. Uh, but today we're focusing more on uh, Marvel because we've got a lot of Marvel news and we're going to review the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, I guess the the premiere of the final season, a.k.a. the final mission, as they've been tagging. Uh, but before we get into that, I've got some Star Wars news and I got a follow-up to what we talked about last week. We talked um, three comics you, can, uh, you should consider this month, right? And then I did the extra one with the old guard. Uh, so it's new comic book day, and the boys is already out, and I've read it, and it is good. It's fantastic. It's uh, it does spoil a little bit. Uh, well, obviously, it uh, spoils the entire series yeah. of the comics. So if you haven't read it, it might not be one to consider. But if you have read it, or you don't care about the beginning, this is a new place to start. So I definitely consider uh, recommend considering that one. So let's talk Star Wars, Chuck. I posted it on our uh, our Instagram, and I said another week, another Star Wars characters Yay. getting a cast, uh, getting a series, and it's rumored that uh, Ezra Bridger is now uh, being eyed to get his own series for post Rebels, and uh, Disney and Lucasfilms are looking to cast uh, Ezra Bridger, an older version of Ezra. Now this comes at the perfect time because. Uh, you recently went on a Star Wars animated walkabout and caught up to everything. You you finally watched Clone Wars, watched that in its entirety. Then you doubled yeah. down and went for Rebels. What are your thoughts on Ezra Bridger getting a series? It makes sense um, because of the Star Wars animated is some of the best animated stuff they've put out in the past couple of years. And... It, it's really good storytelling, and what's good about this, it's fresh. To where Clone Wars was very, it was a continuation. To where Rebels is a continuation, but we got all new characters. So it makes sense that these characters are coming to light. Especially because, you know, Ahsoka's already coming. It rumored Sabine. We got um, Bo-Katan, all from the animated so it kind of makes sense that they do make the next step. I In the first two seasons, I was not a big fan of Ezra. Um, he's not my favorite character in that Rebel, but he kind of grew on me a little bit after uh, for season three and season four. But it to me, it yeah, does make sense um, that they're going I've been, uh, a big and expanding the animated from stuff for their animated to make I think the it's the action. best Star Wars stuff they've put out since the 70s and 80s, uh, in my opinion. And with... Um, Ezra, he's been like a hot button issue. He's been rumored actually uh, since The Force Awakens. He was supposed to be in that. Then he was supposed to go into Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker. It never happened. Uh, so the things that, like when this comes when this comes mm -hmm. out, I'm like, all right, it makes absolute sense that they're gonna put Ezra somewhere. Uh, we all thought maybe in The Mandalorian, but then that would have been too post or that would have been too early, and he still would have been kind of a child then. And then it would be current timeline is what I'm imagining post Rebels. Five years, what, between, right? I don't know. I mean, f uh, Rebels is... is th So Rebels is Thrawn, yeah. right? 
the Thrawn is the end of Return of the Jedi. If just I'm just saying, if Ezra is in Mandalorian, he's probably in about his thirties. Really? Well, Mandalorian's only five years after uh, Return of the Jedi. So does that make him? Are we saying twenty five in the end of Rebels? Because I'm thinking he's more like fifteen, sixteen. I was thinking more like twenty, and it's about f- okay. Um, because he was probably about 13, 14 in the beginning of Rebels, and eventually that just, I don't know. I, I Yeah, it's a tough one, because they don't really tell you, like, this takes place in 1986, yeah. and, you know, you're supposed to follow that timeline. Um, I like that it's going to be a, group, a little older. Um, do you think that we get a chance to see any returning characters from, like, what do you expect from the series? What a series is, I want to find out where he's been. I mean, these are spoilers, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the end of Rebels, he, he went missing. And I, I want to find mm-hmm. out where he goes. And it, it's a good segue because, you know, we're getting the Ahsoka and we're getting the Sabine or apparently getting Sabine. And in the end of Rebels, they go looking for him. So it makes sense yeah. that if they introduce him in The Mandalorian and then kind of ties into his own series... Um, I'd like to see that. Uh, I don't think, you know, if anybody, maybe we get Zeb because they were really close. Okay. Um, Kanan, obviously, I don't think we'll ever see him in that timeline anyway. Um, maybe a, I, I could see Zeb coming in because they were really close, but okay. uh, I don't. Do you think we see Force Ghost Kanan? That's a possibility, or at least the voice. Yeah. We might see Hera. I don't know why I said she was going to be gone, but um, in the Dr. Aphra comics, mm-hmm. Hera's got a pretty big part, too. And that's post, um, let's well, return to the Jedi time because Vader's still alive. So we'll see. I mean, Hera's still, like you said, saving the galaxy with her kid. Um, I have two people I'd like to see, what I'm, like, I'd like to expect. I'd like to see some Inquisitors. Okay. I'd like to see more Inquisitors hunting down Ezra because I think the Inquisitors. Uh, one by design and two by their weapons and their look, they were awesome in the series in Rebels. Uh, so I'd like to see a little more of that. Um, I'd like to see him not struggle with the Force, but I'd like to see him take on a Padawan. Okay. Right? We see that's kind of trajectory for a lot of people, right? Canon had a Padawan, Luke. Obviously, if you're a Jedi, you get one. Um, and the final thing, I want to see Phasma. I'd like to see him run into Phasma. Because if he was tied to that final Skywalker uh, timeline, Phasma's tied to that Skywalker mm-hmm. fa- uh, timeline. Or the Knights of Ren. Because they were in existence before Kylo Ren. Yeah, that'd be cool. He just took them over. So there's there's definitely some stuff out there for, for the series. But they have to cast him, right? So who do you think should play uh, Ezra Bridger? I have two names. Um, so do one, I. You- I wonder if they're the same. I think one is because you cast him for everything. Okay. Um, okay. My first one is I picked Dev Patel. Ooh, Dev Patel. I didn't pick him. I'm surprised because um, we don't really know Ezra's nationality, but I can yeah. see I Dev Patel. I can see in the, in that route. Um, okay. So that was my first one. Another one is uh, kind of. Going with the same group, I went with uh, Mina Massard, who played Aladdin. Okay, 
Uh, apparently, you know, he hasn't been casted in anything lately. He's mm-hmm. come out and said, since I got Aladdin, I haven't been casted in anything. So you're assuming that Ezra is Middle Eastern? Yeah. Okay. And I think if you went 20 years ago, Oscar Isaacs would have been perfect for Ezra. Yes. But he but wasn't not... really around 20 years ago. Exactly. But, and this isn't, you know, we're not going to DH him because he's already in the universe. Um, I went your route, kind of, where you wanted Canon to pl- uh, be played by Freddie Friends. I think Taylor Gray looks like Ezra and could play Ezra. Okay. The original voice actor, he's been in some TV shows, uh, I think like six episodes of one thing and guest spots here and there. That could work. But if you're going to go with somebody who's done TV, who's done series, who's done franchises, I went Ryan Potter. Uh, the guy played Beast Boy? Yeah. Okay. Because I think like... He's he's like our age, and you can just look at him and you don't like he's playing like a fourteen year old boy on Titans, <laughs> and nope nobody bats an eye about it. But then he could play a twenty thirty year old Ezra, so I think he's got range there. So it gives you that I I know why you picked who you picked because of age, because you're you're saying they're in their thirties. Depp tells his thirties. Mina's in his late twenties, early thirties, I think. Yeah, Dev so, is Dev is thirty, and Mina is twenty nine. Yeah, so. You're getting characters for for the age bracket that you picked. Um, I wouldn't be mad with any of those choices. No, neither would Lucasfilm. I I don't know what Lucasfilm is going to do. It's a it's close knit there. You really you hear these rumors, but then you don't hear anything else. But uh, we'll see. We'll see if this actually takes place. Are you worried that this is going to be too many spinoff animated characters to get a series? I mean. If you look at our series in general, so we have Mandalorian. Yes. Obi-Wan. Yep. Um, Cassian Andor. Cassian Andor. Ahsoka's rumored, and now Ezra. That'll mm-hmm. be five. It's a lot. It is a lot. Um, if it's done by the right people and like the Mandalorian, I think it could be done right. I think they should get Filoni to executive produce everything. Yeah. Give Deborah Chow or Bryce Dallas Howard the um, Ahsoka series, mm-hmm. and Rick and and date uh, Rick and Filoni should do Ezra series. Yeah, I I wouldn't be mad at that, and I really love what Taika Waititi did, but I think that he was a he was a one shot. They're not getting hit, you know. He's he's busy. He's got his own. He he's doing a movie. He's doing a Star Wars movie. So I don't know if he's gonna. <laughs> stick around for more tv but i'd keep favreau as a consultant on all these series but i would let filoni run the ship uh him and favreau work work very well on the mandalorian and i don't want to take favreau's attention away from the mandalorian because that's what's starting everything this is the new this is truly the disney star wars uh, era yeah it starts the mandalorian not the skywalker stuff because that was already that was already tied to everything. This is this is the new universe. So I'd like to see all that come together. Personally, to the question that I posed, I do think it's a little too much with five different series. Uh, I'd like to see the Sabine and Ahsoka and Ezra series become one. Yeah, I, I, I would like that because I think that's too much. You know, maybe and that and that could be a perfect thing is it could be an Ahsoka series and the focus is Ezra finding Ezra finding Ezra um yeah I I wouldn't be mad you could even call the series finding Ezra yeah 
and then get the uh, the band Better Than Ezra to play the soundtrack. I had a better than Ezra joke in the chamber. I'm glad you went there. But let's let's move away from Star Wars and we'll move into the the big uh, meat and potatoes of the episode, which is a Marvel episode. Um, we got news two days ago, um, er, as early as yesterday, let's say, um, about WandaVision, a show that is supposed to be coming this year still. I think they're finishing shooting soon. And uh, this one's a quick one. This is a, a, a quick little blurb out there that... Uh, will not go unnoticed by us. Evan Peters yeah. was offered or was rumored to have a role on WandaVision. So for those who may not know Evan Peters, if you watch some of the bad X-Men movies, he was the best part of X-Men. He's Quicksilver, uh, a.k.a. Wanda's sister, uh, brother, who was also played by Aaron Taylor Johnson in the MCU. So there's a lot of confusion there. But he's also from American Horror Story. Uh, he's been in a ton of stuff. So my question for you, who do you think he's playing? I don't know. I, I would love to th- Well, first off, Aaron Taylor Johnson has said he's never coming back as Quicksilver. That being said. Okay. But remember, Terrence Howard said he would never come back to Marvel, but if Marvel offered the Marvel paycheck, he'd come back. Yes. But Money talks, man. When was the last time you saw an Aaron Taylor Johnson joint? The other day, actually. What did you watch? Danielle was watching A Million Little Pieces or something. Okay. So uh, he's in that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, right. So, and that's what, like last year or recent? It was recent. Um, yeah. But anyway, so say he's done. Mm-hmm. Two things. Could Marvel be like, okay, we'll recast, and why not recast and just make Evan Peters... Um, Quicksilver. Quicksilver. Or, yeah. hey, let's have a little fun with this. Let's put him in here because he was Quicksilver and he can be someone else. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm kind of on the same lines. Um, I think my my top guess is that because Wanda is tied to the multiverse of madness, there's going to be some bleed over from WandaVision. So I think there's going to be a lot. We've obviously seen... Obviously seen a lot of um, very weird set photos and a 10-second clip of decades of different programming for WandaVision, right? Mm-hmm. It's like Archie Bunker, then it's Married with Children, it's blah, 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 it's tool time, it's everything. So what if this is the multiverse version of Quicksilver and we're getting a look into the Fox universe where Evans Peters is doing his thing as Quicksilver and says something in passing about being a mutant. And this is the introduction to the mutants. This is that very first one because we've already learned about the multiverse through Far From Home. So it could be a multiverse version of Quicksilver. However, I also think that they could go with your route and say, let's cast him as a fun part where people would be like, ah, he was, you know, he was Quicksilver, but he's never going to be able to really shine as Quicksilver because of Aaron Taylor Johnson. What if he's speed grown up? Wanda envisions kid. That would be really neat. I I honestly like that better than the multiverse one because I I think it's a cool idea, but I think they're just completely getting away from anything that Fox and X Men had. Um, yeah, I'm not saying they're gonna bring them over, but it's kind of like what we saw in 
the crisis. We saw other versions of other versions. So this could have been like the Earth Earth uh, Channel 7, we'll call it, for, <laughs> uh, for Fox, where that's what, you know, the glimpse in, like, that's what would have happened if Apocalypse came, blah, blah, blah. So she sees the bigger threat in the multiverse. But I, I kind of think it's going to be Speed. And I also have a little caveat to it because Speed and Wiccan are twins. <laughs> Could he be playing both? That'd be cool. That'd be weird, right? Yeah, it wouldn't be out of the realm, but it would be... No, I think, not at all. I think it'd be cool. Um, Out of your scenarios, I probably like the speed better. Now watch. He's not even going to be in the series. No, no, not at all. I read an article that said he already shot stuff. Like, he already shot his scenes. So this has been a long time coming. He was apparently casted way back in, like, November. And shot his scenes over Christmas break and then skedaddled and did what he had to do. And now we're catching wind of it because we need news. So who, who knows, man? It, it's a rumor where we stand and uh, maybe December or October when it was supposed to come out, we'll find out where uh, where we stand with uh, Evan Peters and WandaVision. But it would be cool for me because that gives me hope for characters like or people like James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender. Not Jennifer Lawrence, uh, <laughs> characters that really did well in the X in the X Men universe that could carry over into this universe. So, moving on from Disney Marvel, we'll go to another every week another characters getting an announcement for a movie, and we're gonna move to Sony and uh, posted this on our Instagram as well. This is the weirdest thing I ever posted because I was like, really. When I read the news, this character is getting their own movie. Uh, Jackpot yeah. is getting a movie. Uh, and it's apparently been in development for two years with Mark Guggenheim, who's been attached to it. Um, for those of you who don't know, and I'm assuming that's a lot of people, Jackpot debuted in 2007 in Spider-Man Swing Shift. Um, and that was a free comic book day comic um, as a character named Sarah Ahart or Eret. A pregnant scientist at a subsidy of Oscorp who was exposed to Lot 777, which rendered her in a coma for four months. She then showed her showed superhuman strength once she had her child and came out of the, uh, the coma. She trained and later became a sanctioned superhero in New York, but later lost the interest she, uh, of being a superhero and sold the jackpot persona to the current jackpot, Alana Jobson. Now, Alana Jobson takes mutant growth hormone to become a superhero and later teams up with Spider-Man to take down Menace. Alana, in my mind, has a much better storyline and would be uh, the version I'd go with with Jackpot because why would you want to highlight somebody who halfway through the movie is like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to raise my family and sell it to a stranger. Um, what are your thoughts on the Jackpot idea? I hate it. I do like I it's like this is not the way to do your Spider-Verse and it's just it's an odd character that not like me and you we we're probably more knowledgeable than your average comic book person but I didn't even know who Jackpot was and I yeah, just, I heard it and I was like what is this and it's like saying Tombstone's gonna get a movie I'd rather have Tombstone I know him oh yeah, <laughs> I and then he was in into the Spider Verse. People know who Tombstone is. He was a big part in the Defenders comic. 
I know yep. who Tombstone is. I have no idea who Jackpot is. So it's and the character's not even that cool. Like, no, it, it, you know, it's just it's if you or me had an, won the lottery and we went up to Captain America, Steve Rogers, and said, "Hey, man, I know you've been through the ringer. I want to buy your shield. I want to buy your cow." And that's and then the moniker of Captain America. And then we went to Planet Fitness and found steroids in the back and got super jacked and became Captain America. That's all it is. That's the main premise of who Sarah Errett was. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Alana has a better storyline where you know she she wants to be in love with Spider Man, but then she's gay and she falls in love with other superheroes and the menace gets in there and they kill a cop and it's like oh it's kind of kind of pretty surreal, but. I don't know, man. This this is a dumb storyline. Yeah, and like I get they want to get a female character. I'm all about that. The Black Sable, a Black Cat, or Sable and Black Cat was better. Madam Web announced is... three. Yeah, they've announced three different female characters to get a movie, and it's been stagnant for three years. Yeah, Madam Web is a better storyline than than Jackpot. Like, I get putting a female character in it. I, I, I get it. There's a lot of Spider-Man female characters. Jackpot would not be the one I go with. Yeah. Um, I think that the idea is, is a reach. Uh, kind of echo what you say. The It's a reach to just say, like, we need to check off our boxes. Jackpot, she's a female. Jackpot's gay jackpots this jackpots that jackpot 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 and they're trying to hit the literal jackpot with this movie um the problem is they have decided that they're going to take the method of throw all your darts at the wall and whatever sticks is what you go with and they have five different things that have stuck so they have venom obviously venom was made it made money it wasn't the best it wasn't the worst they're getting a sequel we know that Morbius is made. It's coming out next year. Into the Spider-Verse, absolutely a hit. Maybe one of the best superhero movies of all time. You have that one. Why can't you just spin out of that? Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to make a Madam Web series. We're going to make a uh, Black Cat Silver Sable series. No, we don't want to make them together. So we're going to make a Black Cat TV show and a Silver Sable TV show. And then they say, we're going to make villain movies. So okay. Craven gets a movie. Chameleon gets a movie. Mysterio gets his own movie. And left in the closet is the probably the first announced movie, which was the Spider-Woman movie. I think that was announced in like 2015. So we have all these movies and nothing. No progress. We have people yeah. who put it on IMDb. It says, in development, Nobody attached. No casting news, no casting rumors, no directors, no writers. It's just a bunch of thought bubbles that say, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. But we'll wait. We'll wait. And it, it just they're clamoring to find a response online. Like, I don't think they got the response they're hoping for with Jackpot. Like, I don't, I don't think anybody was pumped for that. Jessica Drew had the right reaction. Everybody was pumped for her. If you were behind the Spider-Verse of Sony, what would you do to kind of make this, write this ship? Because they have properties. If you want to go female, unless you have her banked for a Spider-Man movie, Spider-Gwen. Yeah, I agree. Spider-Gwen is your biggest, and honestly, not only female, but besides Spider-Man, might be the biggest 
potential of a blockbuster. She is well-known, and people people love her. And she was great in Into the Spider-Verse, so why don't you just do that? Spider-Gwen makes this the most sense based on what they're what they're doing currently. They're taking characters from the early 2000s, like Miles Morales in 2011, now Jackpot 2007, and saying, let's get these new characters out there. Um, I'm not against what where you're at, but my my problem is you can't have a Spider-Man universe if you don't have Spider-Man. Yeah, they they had they have joint custody with Marvel, right? But we haven't seen Tom Holland in any Sony uh, Spider-Man pictures, right? He's not in Venom. He may be in Venom too. He's not in Morbius, but we're starting to see the the drippage. And we're seeing that uh, Michael Keaton's in Morbius, so Vulture's mm-hmm. in Morbius, but that's about it. What I would do is I would say, all right, maybe we're not going to get 100% rights on Peter Parker. And by the time we do, it's not going to be Tom Holland. He's not going to be our Spider-Man. So what are we left with? Another recast. So this will be the fourth uh, Spider-Man to be recasted, right? Why don't you start with what you know and start with Miles Morales? You have a good movie with him. Marvel isn't trying to steal him. Do the do the Miles Morales in uh, Spider-Man movie. Do his origin story in live action, and introduce Prowler and introduce these characters in his own universe. Then you have a, something to to work your way in, so you can adapt the Jackpot character. Jackpot isn't a movie character right now. Jackpot is a test me character that appears in a movie and says, "All right." Is she worth? Is she worth a movie? Does she get the fans' response? And if she doesn't, you move on. Spider Woman's a good way to start too. Uh, obviously, they are they are hoping to get a female Spider Verse character out there, like you said. Um, if we're gonna go jackpot, uh, she would have been like forty fifth on my list. <laughs> to be honest with you, I would have rather given uh, Doc Ock from Into the Spider Verse her own movie before mm-hmm. Jackpot. You could go Silk. You could go Spider Gwen, yeah. like you said. You could go. Uh, you can go Spider Woman. There's so many other female characters that are more popular and are kind of what you're hoping for. You're hoping for a web slinger to go out there and just go go with them. Go with the ones that are established. Jackpot has like 15 issues. Yeah. Like, and I don't think she ever had her own run. She was a cameo character in 2007 in a free comic book, and now you're like, oh, let's give her a movie because you know uniqueness and you know. Th- Disney got lucky with uh, with how good uh, Guardians was. Let's do that. But you're not Disney. You're not Marvel. Like, go with the characters you have, set your tone, and then go from there. Spot like evolve out of there. But I I don't know what they're gonna do. I have zero interest in a jackpot movie. I yep. don't think it's ever gonna happen. We're not even gonna cast jackpot right now until they have a director and and a, a launch date like a shooting date because I don't think this is going to happen. I think this is just going to end up being in the closet with more cobwebs on it than the Jessica Drew story, the Silk's rumored movie, all the other series, the Craven series, all that stuff is just going to garner more spider webs. So I'm just going to move away from that and we're going to go into the the main portion of our episode. We're going to review a little bit of the premiere of S.H.I.E.L.D. So we're going to do some spoiler alerts. Uh, the final season of a series that you and I were extremely pumped for it. We were very excited for it. We watched it live. It was a lot of fun when it came out. And then I guess after season one is when it kind of 
wasn't what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be that happy medium between television and uh, the movies. It was that bridge. And I don't know if that's a Kevin Feige problem. And he said, no, we don't want to do that anymore. If that's a Jeff Loeb problem saying, I don't know how to do this. But they moved away from that. And what we got was Inhumans, non-Inhumans, Kree, LMDs, uh, Ghost Rider, not, 2300, or what, 23, year 2300, year 1938. Yeah. We've got a lot of confusion. Uh, so where do you stand on the final mission, the final season, the first episode of the final season in terms of the setting and the theme of this season? Um, the setting and the theme, I actually, I like, I, I've talked about this. I love period pieces. I think, you know, I'm really intrigued with the whole prohibition era, gangsters and stuff like that. I think it's really cool. Um, so the fact that they move this into, you know, they're using this as the start of their season is cool. Um, this episode kind of felt, and I've talked to you off air about this, it kind of felt like a more grounded, better production Legends. Yeah. Uh, it definitely has that tone where you're like, oh, 1938, here we are, New York, and everybody's got fancy clothes because uh, Deke is a history major of uh, of past civilizations, and they show up, and they're speakeasies, and you know, there's old cars, and you have the mob paying the police and you know in booze and stuff like that and boom it's not the mob they're aliens and i'm like here we go here we go again more aliens that look like people not like any of the aliens we see in the mcu we're just getting more people aliens uh when the episode started i kind of felt lost i feel like i didn't even watch the last two episodes <laughs> two last two seasons i i have i was like i don't know what's going on uh, I remembered LMDs. I remember Ava was an LMD. I remember uh, Ghost Rider. I remember all these. And then um, what they do is because they're clever, they bring back Coulson, right? Because he's not Sarge anymore. He's Coulson. He's a robot. He's an android. And he gives you from season one to season seven cliff notes. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I died. Tahiti, May, Fake Hand, Ghost Rider. Cree, Absorbing Man, Deathlock, and you're like, oh, okay, the stuff that I liked. Winter Soldier, you get all that stuff. And it's two seconds, and then it's back to like, oh, yeah, we have to go save Hydra. And I'm done with the Hydra storyline. I've been over that for, well, we've watched it for seven years. Hydra's in space, Hydra's in the past, Hydra's in the present. Uh, I was hoping that this show would be what we were sold a bridge between the two, the TV and the the movies. And what we got was one reference of the Winter Soldier and like a little bleed into that and then a whole lot of nothing. Were you hoping for more of the movie stuff to come into like trickle-down effect? Not like we're going to see Thanos and stuff like that, but would you like more of the trickle-down effect into the S.H.I.E.L.D. universe? Of course, and we talked about that because that was initially what it was supposed to be. And, you know, probably the biggest thing we got was uh, the tie-in when it was the aftermath of Thor the Dark World. Yeah. And they were in London with the, I think, library. 
Um, and then obviously we got the tie in with uh, Samuel Jackson and stuff like that. But it, the show we had so much promise for, and it really fell off. Like out of the seven seasons, I think two were really good. First one, yeah. and then um, when Hive came in, I thought that was really cool. Um, mm-hmm. But the past couple seasons have really fell off. So when, and I'm in the same boat as you when they started the seasons, I forgot about the Chronicons. And yeah. I was just like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot about them. And yeah, then Enoch, you know, he's a Chronicon, but now he's, he's work, he's working with shield. And, um, so I was like, okay, I, and then it kind of came back when the Enoch things came around. Um, but then when they talked about, uh, FDR and I'm like, okay, this is mm-hmm. legends. They're really using is the first time they really used actual historical people in their show and I'm like okay this is exactly Legends now there was a twist to the episode and that kind of was a saving grace for me even though you didn't like it you know we find out that FDR is kind of had an involvement of creating S.H.I.E.L.D. which I never knew I don't know if you knew that but I think they talked about it in Agent Carter okay um so they, the whole time is, oh, they're going to kill FDR, FDR, and if FDR's there, um, you know, if he's gone, he's not going to create S.H.I.E.L.D. And I was like, okay, whatever. Then they said that they're going to kill the father, the future father of HYDRA. Yeah. I And then I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. The guy that didn't create HYDRA, but his father. So if he dies, he can't father his son who creates HYDRA. I thought that was the only saving grace. I agree with you about the Hydra thing, but with that route, if there's no Hydra, there's no shield. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, as much as I can, I'm complaining about the series and I will continue to do that in the rest of this episode. Um, I liked the episode. Uh, I thought that the, the production value, like you said, it's exactly what I texted you. I said, the production value is so much better. Yeah. Uh, you're what, like, I compare it to the CW stuff, and it's it's cleaner. The sets look better. Uh, you can actually kind of feel yourself there. Uh, it's the same thing I'm doing with Stargirl versus the CW stuff. I really like the production value on Stargirl uh, over stuff like The Flash and Legends. But with Shield, with this episode, I like that they included like Patton Oswalt. You bring him back, and that was like the connection to the future or the present as we are living in. Uh, Enoch, um, he's kind of like C-3PO, just a flesh version. Uh, so they have he's the protocol chronicon and he's doing his thing and they're they're always going to go back to Fitz and Simmons and, and stuff like that. But what happened with S.H.I.E.L.D. with me is that I don't know if it lost me once they started focusing on non-Marvel characters or the evolution of superhero television just got better. Um, this went back to the back of the line on my queue. I would watch it every day or every day it came out live. And then it started getting later. It started getting later in the week. It was on Fridays at some point, And I'm, I'm not watching TV on Fridays in the summer. I'm going out and trying to, you know, have fun, spend time with my friends. We're recording podcasts sometimes. So it kind of got lapped by stuff. Then the Umbrella Academy comes out. And then the, the Witcher comes out. So The Witcher comes out and Umbrella Academy and The Boys and Deadly Class and all this stuff comes out and it goes further and further in the back of my line. 
and what what we're seeing is a direct competition between Marvel and uh, DC, right? Shield was supposed to be the penultimate show on television for superhero fans, mm-hmm. and it got to the back of the line. And DC did this thing where we talked about it, we reviewed it. They did the crisis where it connected every DC property that they had on television. Swamp Thing was in it. Uh, Legends, Arrow, Titans, Doom Patrol, all these characters were in it. They even went to the movies, right? We haven't seen that for Marvel. Not once did they mention Cloak and Dagger. Not once did they mention the Runaways. They never did any of that stuff. And I think that's what we're missing. And we're not going to get it because obviously we're in 1936. They had an opportunity, probably I would say around season four or five, where they could have introduced the defenders they could have introduced the first season of runaways later they could have brought in cloak and dagger and they could have had their whole moment but their big bad was just hydra and there's bigger threats than hydra in my mind where they lost me is they moved away from brett dalton who was a great character they moved away from hive they lost ghost rider they lost absorbing man deathlock was there for cups of coffee and they focused on quake and the team around quake but then they kind of undermined quake yeah. And it became Colson's show, and then it became Max's show. And it's, you know, I love what Marvel does, but the swan song for Colson should have been in Avengers Endgame. He should have been in there, or at least in Infinity War, where he was reunited with Hawkeye or with Cap or with anybody. He should have been in that movie because that's where he started, but we didn't get that. So we moved back, and now we're watching the fourth version of Colson <laughs> to kind of struggle about life. And for what? This doesn't, to my knowledge, doesn't connect anything to anything. This doesn't do anything for me at the end of the end of the season. It's just a write-off because Disney didn't want it or ABC didn't want it. Marvel needed it. But this was the opportunity you had for this was this goes right after the moments of Endgame. This is where Season 7 should have picked up. Right after Endgame, heroes are coming back. People who could have been snapped, like BJ Britt could have been snapped, Yo-Yo could have been snapped, they come back. Or this could have been in between, kind of like what Black Widow was. Could have been right in between the wars and you kind of see the aftermath and how S.H.I.E.L.D. tried to save the world while the heroes were away. And they lost it. They lost that opportunity. And I guess that might be the reason why Jeff Loeb lost his job. Yeah. Because this didn't pan out to be what it was. This is like three steps higher than Inhumans for me. Yeah. I mean... Like, the potential was very high for it, and the payoff was very low. Yeah. I agree. I mean, there were a lot more bad seasons than there were good seasons. Yeah. And, like, you get the people who are like, this is the greatest show on television, and then say Gotham is trash. And I get Gotham was a different version of Batman, but I think Gotham was better than S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Yes and no. Um, right? I think Gotham Gotham had five seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Of those seasons, would you say four were good? Yeah, three or four, yeah. That's more than you said for S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah. So, same thing with Gifted. I like to gift it more than oh, I yeah. like S.H.I.E.L.D. I agree with that. And I think there was, there could have been potential for them to cross over in the merger. It got canceled. They could have just came right into the S.H.I.E.L.D. universe. And season five, or season seven could have been Mutants on the Run. And that there's your lead into the existence of mutants. But they lost it. 
and that's where it is. But what are you expecting and hoping for in the final season? As somebody who's going to ride or die with this show, we're going to obviously watch every episode. Where are you standing with this? My what are you hoping for? I was hoping for a tie-in to the MCU. Not going to happen. Right. Nope. It, it, Unless much, this introduces Namor. I don't see that happening. I mean... What, no, neither do I. <laughs> we could I, be hoping, right? As, as much as I wanted to, I, I don't want to see it happen. So if, you know, if this is the end and we're never going to see these characters again, I'd like a good send-off. I'd like a good... All of them t- die. <laughs> no. I mean, we're not um, going to see them again. They should all die. We were talking about that with something. Star Wars, wasn't it? Everyone should die because... Yeah, we're ne- that's the only way to end that story. Um, I, I don't know because this show went completely different than I thought it would ever go. So, you know, I can sit there all day and say, "Oh yeah, I want this, I want that." It's whatever we think of, it's going to be the exact opposite. Well, let me ask you this: I'll I'll rattle off some things. You tell me if this is plausible, possible, or impossible, right? Howard Stark. Okay. Plausible, possible, or impossible? Does he show up? Oh, definitely plausible. Okay. Peggy Carter. Plausible. Okay. Red Skull. Impossible. They mentioned him. Yes. They mentioned him in the to come seasons. They don't have Hugo Weaving anymore. Ross, Ross Marquand is a little more accessible. Could we see Stonekeeper in the S.H.I.E.L.D. universe? And that could be your connection. I'd love it. Ain't gonna happen. Right? Right, I don't think so either. Uh, Armin Zola. Uh, young... Let's see. Is, uh... It's 1930s. That, yeah, he's it not young. Been, it could still city. be Toby Jones. Um, possible. Cap and Bucky. Impossible. You know what I think we're gonna get? We're gonna get Dave or whatever his name was from, uh from agent carter with the limp <laughs> yeah no the ha- I, harry wasn't that i think uh, that's all we're getting i thought they were i thought they already said that that was a tie-in that, like they were going to be in he, or, he's the, he's the tie-in yeah just the guy with who i think has polio or no he was shot yeah and he's he, the guy who, he who, who the with crutches. the crutches yeah he's the tie-in um, I don't think we're going to see Jarvis. I don't see. We're, think we're going to see Peggy. Honestly, to keep me watching, Peggy should be in every episode of this. Yeah, that show was good. I like that show. I, she was great. It honestly, the first season, the only, it got two seasons, right? Yeah, that was better than all of Shield. I agree. It didn't. It didn't deviate from the course. Where Shield's like, oh well, we can't connect this to anything. Uh, they're going cosmic. We should go on our cosmic adventure. Like the Cree payoff didn't even happen. Like, what the hell? They yeah, they really bounced all over the place, all over. Yeah. Yep. And it 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 kind of seemed like you were talking earlier with Spider Man. It kind of seemed like, what storylines can we throw at the wall and what sticks? Because it seems like that's what they did. Because it just seems like they went all over the place you know back in time in the future in humans it just it wasn't cohesive at all yeah and i i think like it was probably season three season two or three when uh i think that's when hive showed up 
but it was right after Winter Soldier. They could, you know how like um, Sitwell is on top of the the building, and Cap and Natasha are up there, and they're talking about you know the protocol and who's being targeted by the helicarriers, right? And they mentioned Stephen Strange, and they mentioned the boy in Kansas, and they mentioned everybody, right? That could have been the moment for uh, Coulson's team to go and address these people. You know what I mean? Scout them. Do some co- re- uh, recon on. Of course, we're not going to see Benedict Cumberbatch, but it would have been cool to see them show up at the Sanctum Santorum but not be allowed in. You know what I mean? Not gain access. And kind of just like little Easter eggs a- instead of saying, all right, well, what we're going to do is we're going to go in space. We're going to fight the Krees. And we know that the Krees and the Scrolls had a big battle, but Captain Marvel's not happening yet. And then Captain Marvel happens, and meanwhile, when Captain Marvel's happening, Quake wasn't even born. So, like, it, everything's so, like, it's so backwards. And it's frustrating because, honestly, besides Inhumans, this is the biggest blemish that the MCU has had for me. Yeah. And I was hoping for this season to kind of right that ship. It's your last one. You go out with a bang. You spend as much money as possible. You bring in who you want. Happy reunions. We get to see uh, Absorbing Man. We get to see Deathlock return. We get to see May. We get to see Trip come back. Uh, when the Trip was turned into a uh, statue, right? Because of the, the mist. Yeah. All right. So we don't get to see him. But like, it would have been a great moment. And it still could be possible. They could halfway get halfway through, go back to the present. And everything's happy again, and they're on Tahiti, and that's how the show ends. But I don't think that's going to happen. I, I, no, I feel like no, it, they've, they've dropped the ball on this, and this is just going to be a phone-it-in season. And, you know, they have people that I like on the show that could kind of spiral into more stuff. Quake still has potential. Yo-Yo has potential. I really like the dynamics between Fitz and Simmons. Mac is enormous, so he could translate into something. Um, but, I mean, you could have had... You could have had Mac as Luke Cage this whole time. Yeah. Working with S.H.I.E.L.D. And you lost that. And I love Mike Coulter. We met Mike Coulter, but, you know, we never saw that crossover. We never saw anything. Remember when we, you and I, fan cat, or we uh, did the scenario of how they would cross over and how amazing it would be? Yeah. Never happened. It never happened. Ne- never happened. Like, could you imagine the John Bernthal's Punisher showing up on ABC to hunt Ghost Rider? Yeah, it would have been awesome. It would have been awesome, but I don't know. The last thing I want to talk about with Shield because uh, we can—I guess we can rate it, right? Uh, one to five Shield medallions. What are you giving it? This episode, three and a half. Yes. All right, I'm giving it a two. Um, it's, it's a it's a low bar for me right now. Um, watch it. Are you going to watch it or binge it? Now, by watch it, it means watch each week, or are you going to wait until the end of summer and catch up on it? So. The way it is now, I really have nothing to watch. I have okay. So D- it came out at a perfect time. I have Star Girl that's current, Shield that's current. Tonight, Legend as we record, Legends ends. I believe or last night. I don't know. It le- it end it's, it's ended already. Okay, it ended last night. I have four episodes mm-hmm. before I catch up, and then I'm done. Okay. So in all reality, and like. Now, me and my wife, she wants to watch Lucifer, and we're watching different series and that. But, like, personally, the series that I watched by myself, there is nothing on uh, new except S.H.I.E.L.D. and Stargirl. So, I will probably yeah. watch this, obviously not the night it premieres, but that week. 
Okay. Um, this is this is a watch for me just because um, I started with it. You know what I mean? And I'm going to see it out as bad as it is. I watched every episode of Legends live. Uh, so I'm going to watch this. Legends, this season of Legends was a one. Um, <laughs> it can only be up from here for S.H.I.E.L.D. So I'm going to continue to watch S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, the last thing we're going to talk about is a new segment. It's called Will It Marvel? Uh, this is going to be different for you because I didn't give you anything. Yeah. <laughs> completely, completely out of the blue. Um, and the topic, Will Marvel, is a segment I, I came up with that I'm going to pick a character at random that hasn't existed in the Marvel Universe, except for this week. We're actually going to, I'm going to give you a layup. Um, and we're going to, our job is to see if it will be in the MCU movie or TV show and where it fits best. And if it doesn't, it doesn't Marvel. It won't won't become a Marvel, right? Uh, Marvel has the, the ability to take these small characters and make them living legends, a la Rocket and Groot, right? So I had one that that I had, um, and I like I like the whole thing, but I, I'm going to give you a layup this time because in six months, I think, in less than six months, uh, Marvel is going to retain the rights to Matt Murdock, Daredevil. Okay, so Netflix has the rights at this moment. They're going to bring Daredevil into the MCU, right? Obviously, he's a character that people want. He's a character that we've talked about. Will Daredevil Marvel, where would he fit? What would you do with him? Um, I don't see it fitting in the MCU as a movie. Um. Maybe as a side character or maybe as a TV series that ties in, like a Disney Plus series. Um, okay. I don't see it as a movie. Okay. So if he were in a movie, you said he could be a side character. Where would you put him? Um, We talked about Spider-Man because that would definitely make we've sense. We've talk, talked about him in Nauseam. That would... If... What we know about the MCU right now and what movies are we coming out, it makes the most sense. They're both in New York. Yeah. Peter Parker's going to need a lawyer. It makes sense. Um, you know, what we know in uh, Eternals doesn't make sense. Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Well, hold on. For et- Eternals, they're coming to New York. But the problem is it's six months away and Eternals is already done. Yeah. So you're right. Scratch them all. Um, they even if they come to New York, they're not going to look for a lawyer. You know what I mean? Like they might. Kumail might get in trouble. <laughs> uh, Shang Chi doesn't fit. You know, Black Widow's already mm-hmm. done. That's that's not possible. Um, Black Panther two doesn't fit. Maybe Doctor Strange. Maybe only because it is yeah. in New York. But if you want to go with it fits. Like I said, Spider Man three. Because he needs a lawyer. Yep, spider on the run. I I agree. Um, so I could see them doing a movie once they kind of get away from the the cosmic entities and they go a little more grounded. But I don't think that's for a very long time because I think they're going to go cosmic. You got to introduce Fantastic Four. You got to introduce X Men. Daredevil is probably going to be on the back of the line. So movie wise, yes, I agree with uh, Spider Man. I agree with Doctor Strange. Now, if we're going to go series, if he gets his own series, I think it's perfect on Disney Plus or you just do the Defender series with a new cast. Moon Knight, Ghost Rider, you bring in Punisher, whatever. 
if he's going to be a side character on a TV show, She-Hulk. That makes sense. I'd like him to be She-Hulk's uh, kind of mentor. That makes sense. They're both lawyers. Uh, I don't know if She-Hulk is based in New York, but it could be. Yeah, I I would like I'd like the whole thing to kind of Daredevil to come in and already be established, like they know, like they know of Daredevil, and like some of the heroes have already know, known Daredevil. So I'd like to see Mark Ruffalo's character introduce whoever I'm going to say Betty Gilpin introduce Betty Gilpin's She-Hulk to Charlie Cox as Daredevil because I'm keeping Charlie Cox. Yeah, I'm. I'm I'm with that one. I really like Charlie Cox, and I think uh, do I think he's going to stay? Probably not. Um, yeah, but I I would want him to. Um, I'm not mad about the She Hulk at all, and, and like how he fits in with Spider Man, he fits in with um, She Hulk. Yeah, maybe She Hulk could be his lawyer. Yeah. Yeah, instead of being the the avocados at law, they are the vigilantes on the run, and She-Hulk represents Matt Murdock in I don't know some kind of suit. But I think I think Marvel well, they've obviously worked uh, with Daredevil before, so they obviously know what to do with him. So that was your layup. The, the next ones are going to get harder. I promise you. The next ones are going the the one I had was a little little more difficult than Daredevil. I can't wait. But. Yeah, but that's our episode, man. Uh, we're coming up upon almost an hour of all Marvel discussions. So all of our DC listeners are probably pissed <laughs> that we sat here and discussed a lot of Marvel and Star Wars stuff. But for our DC fans, next week, it's a DC episode again yeah. because nobody else is making content right now. DC's putting out comics. They're putting out TV shows. So we're going to talk Doom Patrol uh, season two pre- uh, preview. We're going to talk about that, and then we're going to do our rewatch. Uh, we're going to give it another look, and that movie is Batman Returns. So yeah. we're going to review Batman Returns. We have a whole little premise on uh, what we're looking for, if it's going to hold up, and uh, how th- how they could translate that into today's world. But um, yeah, that's our episode. So support us on social media, the Active Geek. Support Chuck, Chuck underscore the Active Geek. AG Cosplay. So listen to Galaxy Wars every Monday. Um, what else do we got? We got archives of Binks and the Beards and Box Office Flashback podcast. Uh, like I said, we'll be back next week with some DC stuff, and hopefully we'll get some more news, and I can fill you in on some more comics that I read. Uh, but for the Active Geek podcast, I am Jim. I am Chuck. And we are out.